0: Welcome back to You Asked for It. This is a podcast from Pastor Justin Alexander and Pastor Steve Scoggins, as we seek to just answer um, the questions that you send in about life and about Christianity, or just trying to live in this world. I'll let you know if you're listening today. Um, we're doing something a little different. First of all, you've noticed that it's been a couple of weeks since we released an episode. That's because instead of releasing these on a on a weekly basis in our in a studio. We've now changed to where we are sitting here currently on a Wednesday night at First Baptist Hendersonville in front of um, our live Wednesday night audience, and we are going to start recording these episodes here on Wednesdays every once in a while. So um, what I would recommend you doing is uh, liking and subscribing on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts, and there, whenever one does go live, it'll come straight um, into your feed. We're also going to be kind of melding your questions with um, a book by Richard Buse that's entitled Top 100 Questions. And these are things that were just asked to him over his time in ministry. So the question today we're going to look at is actually one that was sent in to Richard Buse, and it we're going to use this as our springboard. And here's the questions. Is sex restricted to marriage? Hasn't the church been terribly repressed about sex? is sexual expression really restricted to marriage? And so you can see a common theme in this question. And I don't know for many of us in this room, um, many who take the Bible as serious, we would say that this would seem like a, a cut and dry answer. But the reality is when you look at what's happening around us, and we'll look at some statistics in just a minute, is that this view, even among self-proclaimed Christians, has become becoming loosened it's it, it, the, the answer is different depending on who you talk to for instance Christianity today put out an article in 2001 they released 2021. this 2021 I'm sorry 2021 and they released a survey uh, talking about people who often attend church but with that with some other statistics for instance they said for those who attend regularly at least two to three times a month, of those between 23 and 44 have already lived with someone outside of marriage in a sexual relationship. So going
1: to church didn't affect
0: that. Yeah, yeah. And then 71% of those who attended church several times a year had already cohabitated with someone. And then of all the ages of those who call themselves evangelicals, now an evangelical is someone who says they believe all of the Bible is true. So that's not just Baptists, that's a lot of camps. 54% 54% of those of all ages had lived with their spouse before they were married. Did you get that?
1: 54%, 54% of those who say, I believe the Bible, lived together before they got married. Yeah, it's, um,
0: yeah, it's a more, than, more than half. It's, it's incredible. And then this number, half of all professing Christians in America now say they have no issue with sex outside of marriage. And here's what we're really seeing with millennials and, and the generation after is many of them have no desire to marry at all. Uh, living together has become the new norm of a professing Christian in America. And I was uh, Steve and I, we were talking about this um, during the week. And what I've seen in my own example as a millennial and just talking to my friends is that they saw the, the nasty divorces of their parents. Some of them were even called as pawns in the middle of that as parents mm-hmm. were arguing and you know you know trying to use their kid as a justification for what they wanted and so because of that they came out on this side and said why would I want to go through all the legalities of this you know it usually just ends in pain and so pastor Steve knowing all this information you probably in your in your years you've probably seen maybe where that decline started
1: and what what would you yeah, say yeah i'm about? going to talk about how this decline happened but i think it's good that we begin by going back to the word of god hmm. And one of a a place that is so clear about God's sexual standards, and let me just say this, the word that's translated sexual immorality in the CSB here is the word porneo. We get our word pornography for it. It it refers to any sexual activity outside the bounds of a heterosexual marriage. So that's porneo. So listen to this. This is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses, as we previously told and warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God who gives you the Holy Spirit. That's First hmm. Thessalonians chapter 4. Yeah. And, and he says, if you reject these biblical standards, it's not a person's opinion. You're rejecting God who gives the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So how did this slide happen? I, I, I've thought through it some, and I've got five thoughts on this, Justin. Hmm. I think part of this is because over the last, well, my lifetime even, we have been subjected to a flood of sexual images sexual entertainment, uh, sexually explicit songs. I mean, if these folk knew what was going on in rap music, it yeah. would it would just cause them to blush. And yet that is what is being programmed, especially into our kids' lives. We're a sex-saturated society. Add to that the fact that our kids for several gener- generations have been taught sex education without any moral boundaries. It's all about how you do it. That's like throwing gasoline on the fire. Here's the mechanics. Go try this out. Mm. And so you have that. And as a result, our minds have been molded by the world instead of the word. Mm. Yeah. You know, Romans 12, too, I think, is so applicable. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've got to go back to the Word of God mm. and say, this is what, what I've got to go by. Not what I am seeing before me on on the internet, not what I'm seeing before me in. the the world out there. I've got to be molded by the word rather than the world. Mm -hmm. But here's the this is the sad thing because we were talking about statistics that mention how those who call themselves evangelical, Bible-believing Christians, are now excusing this. Well, at the very time we need to be turning to the Bible, there's been a loosening of commitment to the Bible in many denominations. Now, can Mm -hmm. I say this about our Southern Baptist Convention? We fought hard and we are trying to make a strong stand on the fact that we as Baptists believe that every word of this is true and that all of it is the inspired Word of God, that you cannot go against what you find clearly taught here in the Bible. It's without error. But in the liberal denominations, they began to say that not all of the Bible is inspired, only parts of it. It's kind of what what you like is what the Word of God is to you. It becomes subjective. It becomes personal. I'll give you an example. In 1992, the Presbyterian Church USA—that's one—that's the more liberal group of Presbyterians—actually did a study on sexuality, and they presented it to all their delegates. They just didn't vote on it because it turned out to be too controversial. But basically, what they said way back in 1992 is that uh, living together without being married, premarital sex, homosexual actions—none of that is sinful if it's done in love. Hmm so that that's 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 what it's, that, that's a dangerous subjective thing isn't it yeah i would say you know one of the biggest
0: problems we see in this view and even what we see today is that we make love to whatever feels like is right for the person. Like as you said, it is all all—it is all subjective. There is no objective standard that we're holding love to at this point. And when you get rid of all objective standards, there's nothing to stand on. And
1: because I believe God's Word is the right way, Mm -hmm. I don't believe it's ever loving to do something contrary to God's Word. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Uh, A well-known pastor, he's on TV now, back in the 80s, a friend of mine went to confront him because he said, look, there are rumors all over the church that you and your secretary are having an affair. We've got to become public, let people know there's nothing to this. The pastor gave him an awkward pause and said, well, this is well, this is a little awkward because we are having an affair. But then he said, but we prayed over it. Mm. And we said, God, if it's not your will that we be d- together Will you take the love away from our heart? And when God didn't take the love away, we felt like that it was his will that we be together. So he divorced his wife, married his secretary, and he is on TV still today. Mm. With no regard to the standard of God.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what we would say in this room that we say often is that God's ways are the best way yes. to live. You know, we describe it this way. like I, I'm a dad of small kids when I tell my kid no, or like, this is not okay, it's not me being a killjoy. It's not me wanting to oppress them. It's wanting them to flourish. It's wanting them to thrive. And so, and we would say that it applies even to this very subject, You know, what we want to talk about here right now in this section is why maintaining and limiting a healthy sexual lifestyle in marriage is actually the best way forward. It definitely is. It keeps you from a lot of issues, but then also, man, it lets you experience something that is beautiful. And for instance, like I said, it keeps you from a lot of issues. In April of 2022, just released a couple of days ago, a worrying report came out about the explosion of sexual transmitted diseases in our country, okay? Listen to this. From 2019 to 2020, The number of reported cases on gonorrhea increased by 10% in one year, and the cases of syphilis increased by 7%. Now, here's what's one sad consequence of this, is that the number of babies born with syphilis increased from 19 to 20 by 15%. But how about this number? But the increase from 2016 to 2020 among newborn babies is a whopping 235%. The babies are getting the yeah, disease. this is the babies that are, because they're with born this.
1: from mamas who have it.
0: So what we see is that adults are experiencing the consequences of this, but also it is the children who are experiencing the consequence of this. Yeah, and,
1: and listen, there'd be no sexually transmitted disease if we went back to God's original plan which was one man, one woman for life. Mm, absolutely. You know, it is promiscuity that does that. And I've seen as a pastor some sad things. I remember a young couple that came to see me, and they were in love. They, they'd been married. They, they wanted to have children, but they came to see me after they'd left the doctor because she was wondering why she wouldn't be able to conceive. The doctor ran tests, and he had told them that day, you have a sexually transmitted disease, and that has made you infertile. And she said, that's not possible. I have had sex one time before I got married. And that was when she was a high school senior. It was a one-time experience. And she had no clue that that one time left her with a disease that she did not recognize was there. And it had worked its way to make her infertile.
0: Yeah. And and here's what I would want to say in this is, you know, we're talking about kind of the negatives that come with with Mm -hmm. this. But for me... I'm I'm not by nature a rule follower, okay. Hmm. My wife, you know, it's A B equals C. You know, it's just okay, makes sense. I'm always I'm not the person for your wife. Yeah, I know. I'm the I I want to. I'm just like, why not? You know, why not? And so for me, kind of don't 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 is not a motivator. What I want to get is mean, what is the what's the benefit of going the other direction, right? Yeah. You know, so like, what's the beautiful part of marriage? And what I love about the Bible is the Bible has an extremely high view of sexual activity in marriage. Mm-hmm. Our God is not a repressive God, as we said earlier. See, God designed sex to be an incredible blessing of marriage. Right. And then you, um, I'll show you a verse right here, Proverbs five. This is a this is a fun one. Proverbs five, <laughs> verse eighteen. Let your fountain be blessed. And take pleasure in the wife of your youth, of of your youth, a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts always satisfy you, be lost in her love forever. Now, I know Pastor Steve, you know, this is one of your favorite subjects of talking about in the Bible. You memorized all of Song of Solomon to share with your wife on the way to the honeymoon and uh, all those things, correct? Uh,
1: Actually, here's a personal (laughs) confession. Uh, and this has nothing to do with the talk. <laughs> uh, when I was in college, there were about 100 committed Christians on the campus. And by the halfway through the freshman year, I'd already dated through that crop. And so, uh, you know, so the guys on the, the Christians that were on the campus, we guys just hung out every Friday and Saturday. So we decided to form a club. And we took it from 1 Corinthians seven one, one of the translations back in those days. It says, it's not good for a man to touch a woman. So we formed the 7-1 club. And, uh, and so if you dated somebody, you were out for a week. If you kissed somebody, you were out for a month. You know, they had rules like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, when I came out of the church to go to our car, to go on our honeymoon, in shoe paint on our windows was First Corinthians seven, 1 Corinthians 7-1. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. Turn the car on, and we had a cassette player in the car at that time. And all of a sudden, I heard the voice of one of my former friends. They said, "Well, we just felt like you needed to hear some scripture as you go honeymoon. And they read, for, but 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 let me say this: Karen and I, uh, we did not cross the line in sexual activity. We we tried to be put God first place. We we tried to stand away from those temptations. And it's not that it wasn't hard, but but, but that's what we did as we dated. But I can testify we've made up for it since. And and and, uh, and yeah. so God God yeah. wants there to be yeah. sexual pleasure in marriage.
0: Yeah, and I would say, you know, Pastor Steve, I'm doing a lot of premarital counseling right now as you know a lot of weddings happening at our church and Sarah and I do this do it together because I think it's very beneficial and I spend some time and a lot of time talking about this because I feel like one so much of premarital counseling it's not talked about at all, but I want to show as the the world is saying are you really going to be with one person for the rest of your life? You know, like that kind of mindset of like, this is limiting yourself. This Mm. is lessening yourself. And what I want to show is, no, like this, the way, here's what I love. When the Bible speaks in the Old Testament about the wedding, it always says this. It says, you know, they had the ceremony. And then it says, and then he knew her, right? You know, it's how it speaks of sex. It's like, there's this deep knowledge that's involved when a husband and wife spend time together. And the way that we always present it as, Sarah and I have been married for eight years now. Year eight is a lot better than year one. Mm. You know, it's not that it's gotten stale or like year eight is a lot better than year one because, like I said, with that mindset of this is what God designed, it can be beautiful as a blessing. There is something good about mm. this in marriage if it's seen as that, it's yes. seen in that yes. way. So I think it's important.
1: Now, now, with that positive picture in mind, we've also got to notice this is a day with so many temptations. And mm. I think every man and woman has to take some safeguards, strong Absolutely. measures to avoid it because sin is everywhere. Yeah. Sexual sin is everywhere. There's no place to hide.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: I, I remember when I was in my first church in 1975, I used the word pregnant in a sermon. And a couple of my senior adult ladies said, how dare you use that word in the pulpit? Wow. Well, our first graders know words, Yeah, you know, because of the sex-saturated society. And, and so the world that we're living in is much like the world that Paul mm. wrote those words to. That was a seaport town where there was a lot of immorality. And so here's some of the things that we've got to do. We, we've got to, first of all, recognize that there's some sins you don't fight, you flee. Mm. There's a scripture there that
0: we've yeah, got. Yeah, absolutely. 1 Corinthians six eighteen says this, flee sexual immorality. And, and here's the reason why I, I tell this to our couples too, is if you think that getting married is going to, one, fill every desire that you ever had. You're wrong. Sex isn't God, right? So, And then two, if you think it's going to cause you to never have, because it's fulfilled, you're never going to have any issues again, that's wrong too. I mean, like Satan loves to still kill and destroy. So the answer is in this, you have to flee. Mike Pence um, had a, uh, he was criticized at one time for what he called his Billy Graham rule. And many people here know what that is, where he would not be alone in a room with a woman. And he had that in place because he knew for himself he needed to flee the, even the smallest opportunity because yeah. it's something we need to know is we don't need to put ourselves in compromising situations. It's just too easy. And right. we, second Corinthians, uh, I mean, in Corinthians, it says this, take heed lest you too fall before it goes to no temptation which sees you as right. uncommon to man. So take heed lest you too fall. Like, meaning, like, if you think you're strong enough to do this on your own, that's not always the case. And then with that, don't even open the door for things like pornography. That's like, right. Open the door. it Literally, we see studies now, it changes the molecular workings of your brain. Mm. I mean, it's a scary thing. So It's as
1: addictive as cocaine, Absolutely. according to the studies, yeah. pornography is. Yes. But actually, one other thing to do that we need to all keep in mind is that we need to be, and this works in everything in the Christian life, keep the long view, mm. not just... So many times people get caught up in a temptation of the moment or a passion of the moment and they throw away things and and, and they suffer consequences. But mm. We've got to keep the long view. Chris Christopherson is one of my favorite songwriters. He was a country songwriter. And he has a song that I'm not commending, but it does picture what our world has done where it says, don't even worry about tomorrow. It says, I don't care what's right or wrong. I don't try to understand. Let the devil take tomorrow. Lord, tonight I need a friend. Yesterday is dead and gone. Tomorrow's out of sight. It's sad to be alone. Help me make it through the night. How many people have gone by that philosophy and said, I don't care about tomorrow, and then found out not long after that they're pregnant? Found out not long after that they've thrown away a family? For that moment of passion, I I have damaged my wife and my children or my husband and my children? So we've got to have that long view.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. And then well, and really what we want everybody to know today is that, man, God loves you deeply, and what he wants for you to experience is life and life to the fullest. And this is the way to get Yeah, it. And, and this is the way. Like, the life and life to the fullest. That's why... We want to remind you of these unchanging truths in this podcast that in His Word is as sure today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's good for us to hold on to. Um, so that's why we share even tough subjects like this. So, hey, we, we thank you for um, joining us today for this podcast. Um, we hope that you'll join us for our future ones. Um, and uh, stick, stick uh, looking at your looking at podcast as they come in, just know in the next couple of weeks, you'll probably have another one that comes out. So keep looking for it. You ask for it to show up in your podcast feed. Thanks for joining us today.